2: fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 36 on this beautiful monday june 19th 2017 i am joe murata over here is michael the hitman quinn how you doing quinn howdy how you doing man Uh, I'm not a hitman. I'm a heartbreak
1: kid. Sorry about that. And you're
2: unpredictable sometimes. Sometimes unpredictable. (laughs) Sometimes a big daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Big daddy Michael Quinn. Folks, we're glad to be back with you here, of course, to talk about the world of retro wrestling. We hope you had a good week. We want to thank One and only Scott Keith for joining us this past Thursday for a very special episode of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling podcast. Yeah, it was a special one, all right. Very royal. Kingly. Yes, um, regal. There was Art Donovan. There's always Art Donovan. (laughs) Donovan. (laughs) There's always Art Donovan. So thank you, as always, to Scott Keith for making a special appearance and the Blog of Doom, of course, for their support and listenership. Quinn, there are some places to find us. Uh, we obviously are on SoundCloud. That's our normal feed. Yeah. But there's other places to get us. Where could those be? Like, you can always go to the
1: old uh, Apple Music slash iTunes yes. slash the thing that has the Apple on it. Mm-hmm. And over there... You can get the podcast, you can hit the subscribe button, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to ever worry about, like, looking for this again. Like, how do I find, Google, what's, OV, OVP, wait, is that it? Like, you know, doing that whole thing. Yeah, it So it'll just, like, poop the podcast in your phone and you're done.
2: That's well said, Quinn. Yeah,
1: and then over there, you can also leave a review. Yes. And we love the reviews, and it helps other people find out about this show. Yeah, and maybe one day we can even top that Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana or, like, <laughs> any of these other shows, Jim Cornette, whatever. One <laughs> Sean day we'll Mooney be, and Duggan. Yeah, one day we'll be better. But you can do that and leave the review, yes. and you can also get this podcast on Google Play Music, mm-hmm. Stitcher, mm-hmm. Blueberry. Who cares? Uh, Jeez. Yeah, geez, tune in and tune FM in. Player and all that crap. <laughs> Auto Radio. Auto, yes, Auto. I always forget about you, Auto. One day they're going to come for us and be like, "Hey, hey why are you
2: doing disrespecting <laughs> the auto? We're, we're nice to you guys, you know. Yeah, a great place to find us, nation dot com. What do you think of that place, Quinn? I've heard of them before. Yeah, they're a podcast network of yes. wrestling things, and they're very nice. Yeah, they're very nice folks
1: over there, mm-hmm. and they have a podcast, Place To Be podcast. Sure. And it's got the old wrestling on it, just like us, but it's kind of different. Yeah, because they Not go really through the same
2: chronologically. Yeah. Right now, they're in mid eighty six, kind of. Yeah, and it's nice. You yeah, know, it's, it's a nice, it's thing. nice little thing, and you can listen to that also. You can listen to it twice. Yeah, <laughs> and check out some of their other podcasts. And I don't want to fail to mention that you can find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And what you could do there is you can let us know what you think of this episode. You can let us know what you think of the topics that we discuss. Or just tweet stupid crap at us. We're fine with that, too. We also got one other avenue of discussion. Yes, we do, Quinn. What is that? It's the Facebook group. The group!
1: Yeah, so you can join the Facebook group. You just type, tell Mark Zuckerberg uh, (laughs) in his search bar, uh, Magnificence, just type OVP Podcast. Yes. And you'll find us. We're there. There's the page for the show, and then there's also the Facebook group. Sign up for the Facebook group, hit join, we'll approve you. We don't care. care. And
2: you can talk to us about whatever you want on there. Yeah. It's a fun time. And Quinn, there's a few other things. We have our website ovppodcast.com. You can just—it's basically our home base where you get links to everything. Yeah, even all the stuff we just talked about, it's there. Yeah, so just—that's to- <laughs> kind of all you need to know about that thing. <laughs> so we can just shorten this and say, go to ovppodcast.com. Yeah. And if you want to email us, of course, at ovppodcast@gmail.com. At that is ovppodcast@gmail.com. And one last thing, get all this out of the way here. We have merchandise, Quinn. Yes, we do. We have the OVT. The OVT, yes. And you can find that at tspring.com. That is T E E spring.com slash OVP podcast. And we have a nice little logo t shirt there that you can buy a hot item for the summer. Yes, it's a short sleeve shirt, so you won't be hot. And it's white, too. That's so. white. Yeah. And it says Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. We're going to need a black one for the winter, I think. Maybe a coat of some kind. A coat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> coat, yeah. Well, let's coat this podcast with some great retro wrestling topics, Quinn. Yes, you have the privilege of starting today. We're going to go deep diving, so let's get our scuba gear on. <laughs> Thank Blup. you. Blup. And Quinn, Wigger. you're. <laughs> You're the one picking the, the destination today, so where are we deep diving to, good sir?
1: Hey, so last week, we reviewed a really boring superstar show, Ugh, and yeah. it got me thinking of a topic when you're thinking of like really deep and like how did this happen kind of thing, sure. it's like it's very complicated, but I figured we'd dive into it, the collapse of the golden era of the WWE,
2: Hoo-hoo. or That's... WWF at the time, I'm sorry the collapse of the Golden Era. Yes. Well, Let's enlighten our fans real quick on what the Golden Era was. It's generally agreed upon that between like 85 and 1990, wrestling was at an all-time high in terms of popularity. Like unprecedented high, I should say. Um, Bigger than it had ever been. Bigger than it had ever been at that point. One of the notable people of Mm. that era, the face of that era was Hulk Hogan. Right. We've mentioned him before, we know who he he is. He makes a couple Rushmore's every now and (laughs) then. I I don't know if he's made a Death Valley yet, but... Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But Hogan had crossed over into the mainstream, which was something that hadn't happened in quite a long time in the US. Generally, wrestling and mainstream are not the same thing. They're not even remotely close. They don't go together. I know Gorgeous George in the 50s, he crossed over into the mainstream, but you're talking 30 years back at this Yeah, point. it's a long time by the 1985, 83, yeah, whatever. the yeah. mid-80s, let's say. Yeah, mid-80s. The time of WrestleMania 1 is a good benchmark, but... Even Bruno, for all his, you know, North American WWF popularity, he was not a cultural icon or anything no, like that. No, I mean, that. he claims he had dinner with Frank Sinatra, sure he but did. who cares? Sure like, he did. But Hogan was, you know, a guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Right. A wrestler. Yeah, on a the professional cover. fake wrestler. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hogan was a guy that was on Saturday Night Live yeah. on MTV. Yeah, and he made that guy fall over or whatever. <laughs>
1: Richard Belzer. Richard Belzer. Yeah.
2: Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we had a very ugly incident here last week on the show. Um, Hulk Hogan and Ms. T were here, and um, uh, Hulk Hogan did a demonstration, and he, he hurt me real bad. I split my head open, and I was knocked unconscious, and so on. Yeah? Good! Belzer's yeah. great talk show, Hot Properties. But anyway, so... That was not, mainstream. Yeah, very mainstream. Some lifetime, I think. So I think <laughs> it was. Uh, so, anyway, the, the the long and short of it is, with the golden era, is between that period of time, the early mid-80s, the, the Vince McMahon era, yeah. the Hulk Hogan era, the Wrestlemania era, mm-hmm. wrestling was at a peak that yeah. it had never seen before. Hogan Andre on national primetime television in February of 88 Yes, drew... I wanna say like a thirty three rating.
1: Yeah. It's I, I, I recently actually watched it. Last night I actually watched it, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And okay. um it, 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 it says right on the banner the most watched wrestling television thing ever. Ever like basically on WWE Network. Like
2: it says that. And just to give you an idea, folks, this was on NBC. Not in the SNL time slot for no. Saturday Night's Main Event. This was Primetime time, Like eight o'clock Friday or something. Night. Yeah. Like at eight o'clock. Yeah. This is a ridiculous that pro wrestling would be
1: on NB freaking C. Yeah, in in the eighties, the t- the Friday night time block was actually competitive because you know you had the TGIFs of the world sure. and all that. So yeah,
2: you had and people obviously this is before the internet. People yeah. watched TV. Yeah, they didn't have their computer to go onto. You know, there's no YouTube. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, another thing that was really a mark. Of this golden era is they were so popular and selling so many tickets they could run three simultaneous circuits at one point. Right, the A, B, and C. World champion would headline the A. Intercontinental would headline the B. Tag champs could do the headline C. the C yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, you had, and also
1: the influx of talent into the World Wrestling Federation at the time is a big key to all of this. The national expansion is what makes a lot of this possible. Yes, it's the idea that hey. Hey, this guy that was big in just Memphis, he mm-hmm. can come over like he was like the world champion over there or something. Sure. And now he's just like in the mix. Like right. he, not, he might not even be
2: the champion, you know? A guy like Rick Steamboat, who was high profile before going to WWF and after. In his area only. In his area, right. Yeah. Or Tito Santana. Yeah. Even like crappy honky Talk man was a big deal where he came where from. He was, yeah. yeah. exactly. It's continental, I think. Yeah. I, I don't remember. But that's my point is yes. that you had a collection of... Main eventers, essentially Hogan being the template because he right. was an AWA main eventer. And, and if
1: you only saw them on the national scale, you may not think of them as main eventers. But you really like Junkyard Dog, like sure. he was a main eventer where he Ted came DiBiase, from. Yeah. <laughs> exactly Jim Duggan, yeah. So and these are just the
2: mid card yes. minor players are main eventers, right? Like, yeah. Even some of the goons that Hogan would fight, like One Man Gang, was King a big Kong deal. Bundy. Big Boss Man, right? Exactly. All these guys, yeah. and of course the cornerstone of the '80s boom, as far as a feud is concerned, was Hogan. And andre i know we talk about it sometimes yeah but wrestlemania 3 whether it was seventy eight thousand like melter says or 93 like everyone else says right doesn't matter and the cornerstone of the later part of that era is the
1: macho man and absolutely oh, right. that
2: was another big feud but we're but, here to talk
1: about the collapse so what happened in 1990 this is the beginning it, i don't yes, say it collapsed right here this but, is
2: the start of it yes the first thing i'd say quinn and tell me if you agree is Hulk Hogan decided he was going to finally drop the title. You know, Vince was ready to have it passed on Mm -hmm. to the Ultimate Warrior, who was a very popular wrestler. Yeah, there was no
1: indication to really think, hey, this Warrior guy's not going to work out. I mean, he was so popular. Extremely popular. Like It was like, even though people like Scott told us that they didn't think Hogan was going to lose to the Warrior, it's not like people were like, well, that's stupid when he lost to him. It's like...
2: This guy's awesome. Like he's super popular. Of course, that makes sense. Like, and to put it in perspective, folks, you know the match they had at WrestleMania six in April of nineteen ninety at Skydome, No one's booing during that match. No, that shows you how over everyone is. Exactly, Hogan up to that point. Any match he was in in the national level, I'm sure there were house shows where there were snarky crowds and stuff. Other but than really, the macho,
1: man. I think when macho was healed, there was, a, couple there was a, of macho, a
2: a smattering of macho fans out there. But Hogan was always fighting a big heel, right that Hogan was supported almost one hundred percent. It was a 50-50 split. It made sense. It looks like a good idea on paper. It right. sounds like it would work. All right, the new face of the WWF for the 90s. Yeah, exactly. The Ultimate Warrior. It's conveniently 1990 exactly. Exactly, and Hogan was going to go make Suburban Commando, take some time off. Right. Game over. You lose. What happened around this time, and it's not just the Ultimate Warrior, but Quinn, I'd say that was a catalyst for house show attendance dying off. Bullseye ass
1: yes it was a catalyst for that it was that i think these audiences were just accustomed to hogan closing out these shows and mm-hmm. you know the ultimate warrior was a different animal per se it wasn't the same thing it was a it was kind of weird them trying to shape him as this mega face too like you know he's,
2: he fights for good in this and this yeah. that. And it's like well his character is he's like a maniac yeah. or whatever like that doesn't make any sense he wasn't necessarily ever some kind of upstanding guy you fall further
1: than you ever have been you will bawl, There's stuff that the warrior does uncharacteristically, like hang out with kids. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not the ultimate they warrior. Humanized them. Yeah, it's not the ultimate warrior like I envision. It's it's this guy that you know they're holding him back in a cage somewhere
2: in sure. the back, and he's going crazy. You know, absolutely. Well said, Quinn. Yeah. And at the same time, here, here's one thing to, to remember: Wrestling had been so popular since about '85. The WWF had been yes. very popular. That's a long stretch of time for a pop culture phenomenon.
1: Yeah, that's not just a fad, that's like a and a movement or something. It was a, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. By 1990, I think even if Hogan had stayed on top, mm-hmm. it still would have eventually run out of steam pretty soon.
1: Well, it's really the whole the whole approach changed. And not and it wasn't at 90. I always say this to you mm-hmm. that you can notice things around the end of 92. Yes, I where agree. Like, it's almost the look and feel of
2: everything starts to get into this more minor league looking thing. Like There's a few reasons for that, Quinn, that yeah. I can perceive anyway. One is... Obviously, Hogan was taking a lesser role in the company starting in ninety. Right? Was he the champion sometimes? Still, yes, but he was not doing the Hogan eighties schedule. Right? Performances, and he wasn't as popular. But up to ninety two, he could draw. Like, I mean, even at WrestleMania eight, people were like excited. Oh, yeah. They were like, "Oh, is this it was Hogan's his last final match? match? Yeah, like, this was a big deal. Like, of course it was. That sold out the Hoosier Dome. However, as the nineties progressed. Not only was Hogan not as popular on a national level as he had been, he was still a name and everything, right? Right. But what you had going on was by ninety-two, guys like Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, mm-hmm. Macho Man to an extent, were all downplayed and then the other you know, the other two actually left the company, right. Jake Roberts and Roddy. Yeah. So you got three of your big eighty stars not in a prominent level anymore. Right. And what you're doing in is bringing in new guys that we love. Shawn Michaels, you know, yeah. Bret Hart Undertaker to take their spots. Razor Ramon, who the hell is that? You know who I am, man? I am Razor Ramon. But you also have to remember, too.
1: They started not only downplaying them but at the same time and this is even for the the serious people they were putting them in like really goofy like yes. situations like i always think back to like something that starts to starts to reek of minor leagues and i know a lot of people like it mm-hmm. but it's that whole jake the snake like with the ultimate warrior and like yeah. voodoo and like Stupid. they're in like a magic bunker or something like yeah. all that crap
0: i'm sure you got an uneasy feeling Maybe even feel a little sick right now.
2: You're right. Yeah. I know also uh, in the early 90s that NBC lost interest in, in carrying Saturday Night Live, which right. was a huge primetime exposure because once every few months, it would take the spot of Saturday Night Live. Yes. Did I, say Saturday? I meant Saturday Night's main event. Right. Saturday Night's main event would take Saturday Night Live's spot. Correct. So they lost interest in carrying that. Yeah. So 92 is the end of Saturday Night's main event. It was. So that's again, you got a prime, you got national exposure now gone. Right. Right. They're relegated to their cable network, USA, yes. and the syndicated, which wherever that is and whenever mm-hmm. that airs. And really, they had run out of steam in my mind. That's one of the reasons that the glory years, you know, the golden right. age, the boom, started to collapse, is they just run out of captivating ideas. Yeah.
1: And, and one other thing to add it's like this was something that once the ball started rolling yes. as far as like falling off, like all of a sudden then the product looks smaller, right? They're in smaller arenas, they and can't afford bigger arenas. they can't draw them them, right and then you have the perception that this is going downhill Mm -hmm. and then like it's just you're watching this and you're seeing the stars are not they're not quite as good as hulk hogan who is this guy yeah it's like and as much as people like bret hart i don't think bret hart is perceived like hulk hogan Hogan, right no not at the time that's the guy that they were that was the to me the first guy they passed it off like without independent of all this hogan stuff yeah sure sure
2: so not only that quinn think about the nine-year-old kid that got into wrestling in 1985 right now that kid in 1992 (laughs) right is 16 yes and this is another factor he's interested in other things well they want
1: edgy stuff right yeah and and that's eventually what they got to but are they not not during that
2: dead period right. from ninety three to ninety six. This sixteen year old is probably watching Ren and Stimpy or for ECW if he still likes wrestling. Yeah, but I'm saying even if even if it's not wrestling, it's something else, right? right? One other factor before we run out of time here on this yes. segment because Lord Alfred is getting very upset. Yeah, uh, remember, he over him. He always is if we're running over. We didn't forget about him, folks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is the steroid allegations that kicked up starting in ninety one. The trial yes. didn't, The trial didn't happen until ninety four. But though that whole period had Vince so preoccupied, he was he was not only preoccupied; he was spending money to defend himself and spending money on the World Bodybuilding Federation too, which well, just that, made no sense. Yeah,
1: I I, I don't if know if he was trying it. to make a parachute or something if, if they took down the whole wrestling thing. But I guess, like, but I, I don't man. I don't know. But the point is, is that. He wasn't his attention wasn't there. He wasn't building the stars
2: that he should have been doing because he was defending his life basically. He would have yes. gone to prison forever. And and honestly that was one of the reasons you saw the downplaying in 92 of Hogan, of Warrior, Bulldog gone, Warlord, Barbarian gone, all these big larger than life characters which is how Vince had built the product in the 80s. Now in the face of all these allegations you have to build it on your regular looking guys like Shawn Michaels like Bret Hart. Yeah. So your larger than life heroes are gone because... Now you got these cool smaller guys right? That's that's kind of how they looked at it. And it just wasn't something the public the general public was... They weren't they in, weren't ready, ready for it till ninety late ninety six.
1: I think it didn't. It took a long time to set that all in. But the point is, is time. that
2: to me, the collapse is, is around ninety two ninety late ninety two early ninety three. The major collapse, I'd say, is right around that time as well. I know a lot of people will argue that you know ninety two is bad. They're wrong. Ninety one is bad. They're wrong. Yeah. Ninety one and two are great yeah. in a lot of ways. Yes. Now they it's might not the, be as popular. It's the last hurrah. It's the last hurrah. By 93, we are veering into this very strange territory where it's Ica Pro and the Market Square Arena and Tatanka and, and Jerry Lawler in a weird cape. Like, and it's the just, Bushwhackers. Yeah, it's just different. And Mabel. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's stupid the same way a lot of the 80s stuff is stupid, but it just doesn't have that same broad appeal Yes, the way the 80s stuff did. Mm-hmm. And that led us to revealing that Superstars from October <laughs> of 94. And I guess that takes us all around. Takes us all around. So, folks, we're going to take you to Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. But first, we will be back right after this.
0: Well, the baseball season doesn't open until next week. College basketball's Final Four is not till tomorrow, and the hockey players are on strike. So there's time to catch up on professional wrestling. That always strange world of hoaxers and hoaxers has been hit now with some real scandals. Bob Paul reports tonight's Eye on America.
2: This is to sport. What Jim and Tammy Baker are to religion, what Ripper is to wine. Very distant relatives. The winner, determined by the promoter beforehand, Never lays a hand on the bum. Only the spit is real. And yet, this hideous combination of sideshow, acrobatics, and good guy
0: versus evil has been Bafo Bafo.
1: Hello, wrestling fans. This is Quinn. I'm really not supposed to be doing this right now. I kind of ran away. Joe's in the garage doing stuff during the break. Um, I said something really stupid. I. said the market square arena when i was talking about shitty arenas um that was where the main event was with andre and hogan so that was really inaccurate i kind of meant like the cow palace or something like that so i just wanted to get that out there and i'm not really supposed to be doing this so i'm gonna cut away hey, now you oh,
2: shit. see it you're listening to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world and welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number thirty-six, Monday, June 19th, 2017. Quinn, it's our last episode, technically, of the spring. It'll be summer next by next week. It's not summer yet, it's like 90 degrees outside. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it is hot. Yeah. It is hot. Folks, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week Quinn and I will put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go into the desert of Death Valley. With Wiley Coyote or somebody, I don't that know that his name. Wiley Coyote. Wiley or is it Wild E? Wild E Coyote.
1: Meet okay.
2: me. <laughs> okay, we got it. So Quinn, I have the honor of picking this week's Rushmore and Death Valley, mm. and I think our fans will appreciate it. I think you'll appreciate it. We we don't touch upon this territory too much here. It is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of. Islanders. Ooh. Wrestlers from the islands. So, like The Rock. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the rock would count, yeah. actually. Folks, you know the island wrestlers? Yeah, your your Samoans, yeah. your head shrinkers, your Jimmy Snookas. Yeah, Snookas. Snookas. It's a long-standing thing. It goes way back. I mean, you can think of even Peter Maivia. Yeah, exactly. That's like the furthest back up. Or um, who, the master, uh, Curtis yeah. Ikea, right? Guys like that. They're the pioneers of the Samoan families. <laughs> exactly. And that was it's a staple. It's still got people lingering around, you know, from time to time. Yes. From that period period so i wanted to go over some of the best from the islands that could be samoa it could be fiji you know yeah. tonga yeah and some of the worst so quinn or florida sometimes <laughs> yeah really yeah. quinn you have the first pick what do you got well i think it's obvious and i i kind of might have
1: spoiled it but the the george washington would have to be the rock right i, I mean, would say so like i mean the rock, rock. It, that's the weird thing about the rock is he's technically like an islander character and he's half Samoan right he's half Samoan but like when he came in he was like you know like my ancestors and this and that like (laughs) he's got like dangly
2: things all over him and like they really played it up that he was a third generation superstar you know the grandson of high chief Peter Maivia and wasn't his mom the booker or something yeah his mom was like the booker of of island wrestling or whatever, (laughs) whatever it was I don't know. Liam
1: Ivia, right? Liam Ivia. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would say The Rock qualifies, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, The Rock, it's interesting just on an Islander perspective of The Rock. Yeah. He did kind of, when he got older, he had the tattoo he the, did the, do the, the Samoan Sam-
2: tribal tattoo. Samoan
1: tribal, which is like a real thing in their culture. It is. Like, it's like you have to like, I there's
2: something like you have to tattoo your whole body before you die or something. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, forgive us folks for yeah. getting it wrong, but it's something to that effect. Right. And he never shied, a, shied away from his Samoan heritage. No. He never downplayed it. He might not have talked about it all the time, but he never hid from it. But what was awesome about The Rock is that, Sure, he came in as this respected
1: generational, whatever yeah. he was, like <laughs> from the islanders, like the Samoan family or whatever, right? Sure. And then like he turned into this cool heel character yeah. which and and it was more about like showy like stupid shirts and stuff and like <laughs> catchphrases Yeah and catchphrases and sunglasses and people's elbows and eyebrows and eyebrows yeah so <laughs> and he became the people's champion which you yep. know I I don't know you know I don't see Haku doing
2: stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> and unquestionably one of the most popular wrestlers ever Right a mainstream crossover Dwayne Johnson Take- And by the way I made Doom I want to say ten time WWF champion. It was a lot. Yeah, I can't think Nine, off the top of my head. Ten? I don't a know lot a lot of, of times. times. Yeah, highly um, respected as far as his promo work, his character, even his wrestling. Yeah, you know he had some great years as a wrestler. Yes, he was. He was actually a, one. I think he's one of the best Samoan wrestlers ever. I really think so. I think yeah. he belongs on Mount Rushmore. I mean, because you can sum it up really. You can sum him up in two words. The rock, yes, exactly. So we put them on, right? Yep, all right. You know, Joseph, yes, I think with this, it's there's the rock and then there's the rest. I think that's a great way to put it, Quinn. Yes, there's the rock and then there's the rest. So, can I give you one? Sure, an island member, folks. We're not just doing Samoan, it just so happens that a majority of them come from Samoa, right? But... Jimmy Snooker. Super, super, super fly. Jimmy's a super snooker. Yes. He would have to qualify. He's, to me, the closest
1: thing in popularity to The Rock. Uh, I like the way he works, uh, to be honest with you. I, I like the... Not only can he do the the barbaric, uh, the who, he, yeah, who who who, who like crazy, that, yeah, islander, crazy islander heel thing, mm-hmm. but you could also be sympathetic towards him, and or you could be waiting to see him do a crazy feat, like jump off a cage. Mm-hmm. Like I love Jimmy Snuka and in he, that respect.
2: Yeah, and he worked well as a heel in the earlier part of his WWF career. He worked well as a face too. And he worked well as a face. I mean, some people forget that there was a reason why he
1: was there at WrestleMania one with Hulk Hogan. Yes, and Mr. T, yeah. Right, like, he corner. was super popular. Like, the, it, well, and he'd been gone for a bit, and, like, Snooka's and Hulk Hogan.
2: Like, holy crap, like, and, this is a big deal. And Snooka, of course, had had that feud That big feud with Roddy Piper in 83, 84. So, this was a big deal. Yeah.
1: Him being there, it's like a lot, it's like usually an afterthought. But for the people watching it at the time, it's like, holy crap, Jimmy Snook is back and he's going to help exact revenge on Roddy Piper. Like, this is
2: awesome. Like, and no matter what became of him in a lot of ways, uh, but but wrestling wise, we'll stick with just wrestling wise. With his 89 return and his sporadic appearances after that. Right. There is no denying that the Jimmy Snuka from like 1982 right. to 1984, 85 was a huge deal. They called him the Phenom for crying out loud. Yeah, and then the Phenom beat him, and that was the end of him in WWF. Quinn's referring, of course, to The Undertaker right. defeating Snuka at WrestleMania 7, but I I would have to put him on as well. We might cruise through the Mount Rushmore here. I don't know. We may, but there might be some arguments but I would put Snooka on. I would have to put him on, too. He was Jimmy Superfly Snooka yeah. from the Fiji yes. Islands. So it's not all Samoans. <laughs> exactly. So we're putting Jimmy Snuka on. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. Let's do it. Well, Michael, it's your pick. Um, I got an interesting one. Go for it. He's a guy
1: that has Samoa in his name. <laughs> but he's not related to any of those other Samoans. Samoa Joe. Yeah. You know what? I mean he's like as a he's, wrestler he's just getting started in the WWF now.
2: Now and he's like a legend already. Like I he, mean like yeah. he's amazing. He came in, like, predicated upon his name, like, Samoa Joe is coming to the WWE or NXT. Yeah. Samoa it, Joe, people knew who he was. Right. He was never mainstream either. The fact
1: that that guy made a reputation in the indies so strong that he just has to show up in the WWE, in the modern era, like, now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's something. That's something to be said, and I, I think a lot of people overlook his ring of honor work. Nowadays. Joe versus
2: Punk, Joe versus Punk, and and just his various feuds with all sorts of people. Daniel Bryan, ja- Daniel Bryan, and of course a, one of the major highlights of TNA yes, was Samoa he Joe. A, he had a
1: big uh, feud with Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. He was he was TNA champion at a very young age. Like he had come in, and I remember he initially had a great feud with the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Yeah. and AJ Styles, of course. So this is a guy that's you know. Been around the block. He could quit today and yep. he would be a Hall of Famer.
2: Like, he he really could. I think so, based upon his independent career and his TNA career alone. Right. Let alone the, some of the good stuff he's done in, in NXT and WWE. Yes. He's been good. Now, usually Samoans were portrayed with
1: that kind of power, but there's something more vicious about Samoa Joe that I always liked about him I agree there was something about that like there was moments in Ring of Honor where people would be doing something pretty bad Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden not maybe sometimes without music Joe would come with his trademark towel yep and
2: you were like oh no like I know Samoa Joe's here Samoa Joe's here right the name still carries weight and value amongst wrestling fans today Right. And this is a guy that made his mark more than ten years ago. He's right. like, he's retro now kind of. Like, yeah. In a weird way. And I really think we're hard pressed to find two more that would kick him off of this. But let's let's volley yes. a little Go bit yeah. to make sure. I'm going to throw a very stupid one at you. Okay. But I know we both like him, and that's the Barbarian. Yes, the bar I was hoping you bring up the barbarian. Yes, of course.
1: Now, he is Samoan, right? He or what is, is he?
2: What? He is
1: Tongan. Tongan, or is he Fiji? I think he's Tongan. Okay, yeah. The barbarian... I could be wrong. Once again, like Joe, pure power. Yes. But impressive. Uh, Almost a little agile, I would say. He Not, had some surprising agility. Right, and... What he his move, that clothesline oh. is just unbelievable. I like, love his top rope clothesline. His top rope clothesline is something he has a very impressive victory over Tito Santana at WrestleMania six. Go watch that match I if you haven't it. seen it in a while. It is awesome like five minutes of fun and five minutes of fun and after you watch it you're like how did this guy not get pushed I know like you're like and they even like I remember the announcers remarking that like this is a really good acquisition by Bobby the Brain Heenan like it spent was like a
2: lot of money spent a lot of money spent a lot of money
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, but, it, but it came off like
2: holy crap like yeah. the barbarian is good <laughs> he got the barbarian and he was good yeah now he obviously changed his gear over after that to uh, antlers
1: yeah he was more like a uh, and fuzzy boots like they took the barbarian thing but they went with more of like a Roman era <laughs> barbarian weird. not
2: like a like a Samoan barbarian or a, or a Tongan barbarian like, I would say uh, yeah and I would say a low point for him Quinn is when he was Sioni, the head shrinker
1: yeah that was kind of a transition
2: period because he would go over to WCW and kind of actually have a really
1: yes. awesome kind of tail end of his career with Haku great tag team underrated tag team yes a fun time in 96 super, 97 super, as much as people don't remember they were really over yeah, like, they were. I remember a really good match between them and Harlem Heat, and it was like both the crowd was just losing their crap because Harlem Heat they were pretty big dudes, yeah. You know the face of Fear are pretty big dudes. Yep. What's gonna happen?
2: Mm-hmm. You know no, they they were over. They were fun. Yeah, they were rough guys. So I like the Barbarian. I, he's not better than Samoa Joe, no. obviously. Do you have one f- for me? There's Haku. I mean, yeah he had a very impressive career let's put it that way he did he's well regarded as one of the toughest men outside of the business as well right. if I recall what was it was it the macho man that
1: swore by taking him along that yeah. like they were
2: in an NWA
1: territory yep.
2: to watch his back he infamously bit the nose off of somebody
1: yeah he's he's kind of crazy any that intensity would come through in the
2: ring too yeah and when he wanted to try he could be very good when he wanted to not try he could be very bad right but it, it was more about I, I, there was some kind of levity to him yeah
1: there with some kind of his, he had a presence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sure. he might have been a smaller,
2: like not as tall, but he it, it was like a pit bull, you know? Yeah he would slug it out with you. Yeah. He could wrestle, but he was just a rough competitor, you know? Yeah,
1: it was almost like he, like there's almost like a charm to the fact that you had to wake him up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like this sleeping giant, right? Sure. Like, and he's in a small package, but he's a sleeping giant. Sure. Like and
2: he, he Don't mess with him, because he'll really like... He can fuck you up. Yeah, he can <laughs> fuck you up. Like, and, and I know you're a big fan of his initial run as Meng when he was the bodyguard in the suit <laughs> that in WCW. That's so
1: fun. Like, because it's like they finally, like, took the actual reputation of him in the backstage and applied it yeah. to the character and I thought that was fun. He would just be in the background in a suit. Not to mention he had a run as like more of a hardcore wrestler later in his career too. The big afro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he came to WWF actually in yeah. 01.
2: Yeah. Briefly.
1: I know. But again, I don't think he touches small Joe. He doesn't. Do you think we should just put Joe in and figure out the last
2: spot? <sighs> yeah, you know what I think I think we should. Yeah. I, I can't think of two other people that would Fit in above Samoa Joe. Right. So I think we do the right thing. We put Samoa Joe onto Mount Rushmore. I do have one for you, though, Quinn, maybe for the fourth spot. I know you don't like this guy, but I think he could still be a contender. Yokozuna. Yeah. I mean, he was Samoa. If we're
1: talking, but he was hailed from Japan. Quinn, The Rock was from Florida. Right. Come on. But I mean, his.
2: The, what I'm saying is, is his heritage wasn't, it I, was the wrong heritage. I understand that, but I'd rather do real Samoans that weren't hailed from Samoa rather than fake Samoans. Okay, if you're going to go that way, then, I mean, Yoko would definitely qualify He's a world champion. World champion. He was from the Anawai part of that whole Samoan family. Yes. You know, there's that and the Fatu section yeah. of that family. Yes. There's a whole family tree. You can look it up. It's very convoluted. Yes. <laughs> but Yokozuna's in it. He was um in the WWF. He was never billed from Samoa, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but he was before that when he was Coquina Maxima and a few other things. He, I mean, nobody really knew AWA about that. Yeah, yeah. a few other things when he was a little bit younger and a little bit thinner.
0: He weighs in at 482 pounds. He is the Samoan wrecking machine, Coquina Maximus.
2: But Yoko, I know you're not a big fan of him as a worker, Quinn, but he was unique. No, I don't have a problem with him, but
1: I do... Another Samoan comes to mind that actually might trump Yoko. Okay. Umaga. Oof. Eddie Fatu. Yeah. Really good. Really, really surprisingly good worker. Yeah. And and just sadly no longer with us. Died way before. He could have still been going. Like, he was good.
2: He was good. You and I, I remember watching with you in 07, 08, 09. Yeah. We loved Umaga. To me... The modern-day equivalent of Umaga,
1: who really kind of took his spot in my eyes, if you want to make a good comparison, Rusev. Yeah, in a lot of ways. That's a good point. In a lot of ways, Umaga and Rusev kind of are like... Uh,
2: They're just yelly kind oh, yeah. of... Squat. They seem stout. Character. They they seem threatening. Yeah.
1: You know. They don't normally win the big one, but they're always looming. Right. Always looming. I don't know. Like Umaga versus Yokozuna. Like I I think that's like the top two I have left because yeah, there's a lot of junky Samoans. As much as I love slash
2: islanders, Islanders, yeah, and as much as I love Barbarian and Haku, yeah, I think Yoko and Umaga are better. Yes. Them both of them. Yeah. Overall mm-hmm. accomplishments and just overall appeal. Yeah. Umaga had a great finisher. He had a helicopter slam. He had He'd, a great IC title run, too, in a, in a time when was that fun. wasn't.
1: Yeah, like he was
2: the champ for a while. Great little gimmick. Yeah. He didn't talk. It was
1: simple. Stupid I like, face paint. I like he had the the Cuban manager. Armando. Armando Alejandro
2: Estrada.
1: Oh, in a time where like managers weren't a thing. It's like he had a real manager who had cigars on him all the time. It's very it funny. funny. Yeah. My name
0: is Armando Alejandro Estrada.
2: But Yoko was a world champion twice. Yes. Had a great repertoire of power moves that looked like they hurt. You know, his belly to belly, his leg yeah. dropped, the bonza drop. the His splash. sheer size is what put him over. It his was size. like, how do you beat this guy? But you, yeah. know, you just knock him over. <laughs> <laughs> or you body slam, yeah. Or throw salt at him, actually. Yeah, that too. And for his first year, I'd say he was a pretty good worker. He really did get too big. No, he couldn't do anything. And he eventually couldn't do anything. But his first year, he was pretty good. 93, he was pretty good as a worker. He wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. He beat, under whatever circumstances, Quinn, he did beat Hulk Hogan. Yes. I guess, I mean. He beat Bret
1: Hart. Yeah. He I, did. I, I, I know, but he also presides over a very. Uh, not, after the after the yes, golden era. <laughs> what, what, exactly what we were talking about before. I, I, I know. I, I know Umaga doesn't preside over a great era, but it's better than that. True.
2: And Umaga did have a fantastic match in 07 against John Cena. Yes, the one where the turnbuckle came uh-huh. off. I yeah. think it was an I Quit match or one of those type of and, things. And, you know, And John Cena choked him out
1: with the turnbuckle. Or, no, the, yeah. the uh, rope or the, whatever. The rope the from, from the ring turnbuckle. Yeah. Yes. Look at the face
0: of Umaga. He's being choked out they are locked. And even a monster's got to breathe.
2: Awesome match. Umaga was a great worker, like surprisingly good worker. Stunningly good, yeah. Yes. And he was originally in three-minute warning. Right, which is weird. Out of nowhere. Like, with Rosie, with right? With Rosie, yeah. yeah. Also no longer with us, right? Yeah. They're both gone. And, it sucks. Yeah. And Yoko obviously mm. gone. Snooka gone. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, not to get depressing here, but yeah, I mean, so our criteria is what? As a wrestler or just overall legacy? That's the thing.
1: Because I don't, what, well, I just, Why don't we just put most entertaining? Like
2: <laughs> well, then it, it's probably Umaga. Then he was
1: so entertaining. He like,
2: was, and it is entertainment. Pal. Yes,
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would rather watch. I could go back, and I really haven't. And I should is go watch an Umaga match again because he was just great. Yeah. Like it's been like a decade. Yeah, now. I, I think it's old enough. It's like, retro at yeah. this
2: point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a big soft spot for Yoko. Yeah, I know you do, but I know you also have a big soft spot yeah. for Umaga, too. and Umaga is a much more Fun person to watch. Yes, Yoko wasn't fun. He was boring. Yeah, and he was a big heel. Umaga was the heel that you he kind of liked because he yeah. was good. Yeah, you know? he's kind of snuck in there.
1: He was always in the background, but a, he, he was just cool. Like I don't know the Samoan bulldozer they yeah. used to call the, him. the remember? Samoan spike, his finisher. <laughs> yeah, that
2: taped up finger. He had a great elevated Samoan drop too. He had so many cool moves. Yeah, the throw you in the air in, and then catch yeah. you into the Samoan drop. That yeah. We oh. used to mark out for that, remember? It was so good. We were cheering him versus Batista at that one WrestleMania. We were cheering him versus John Cena. Well, a lot of people were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? Umaga it Umaga. is. Yeah. We, we're doing it. Yeah, He's appearing on a Rushmore. <laughs> wow. So it's Umaga. So to recap, because one of our friends told us that we needed to do that more, mm-hmm. Donnie, We've got <laughs> The Rock, The Rock, The Rock, Jimmy Schnooker, Jimmy Snooky, Samoa Joe, Somalian Joe, and Youmanga, Yep. as Regal would say. Umanga himself. All right, well, that's good. I think that's we're off to a good start there, and since mm-hmm. you got to pick first, Quinn, I'm going to pick the first of the worst, and it's not pretty. Oh, <laughs> well, there's pretty. a lot of these. A lot of these are bad. Yeah. I'm going to start. I'm going to open with, I'm going to offer up cb
0: suck.
1: yes i was hoping you would bring him up the the fake jimmy snooker better known as not jimmy snooker yeah basically yeah i mean i just saw a botch of him today like just floating around on twitter like i was like scrolling my feed and like
2: yeah he was awful he was basically brought in folks and i'm sure if you were a fan at the time you remember To replace. Really? (laughs) To replace Jimmy Snuka. In fact, at first he was called Superfly Sivioffi. That's awful.
0: From the Fiji Islands, weighing 245 pounds, Superfly Offi. All right. The cousin of Snuka. There he is. Yes, sir. Don't ever do that again.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to say about CV other than he was a complete failure, complete ripoff. He was a jobber within months, I believe. Like, yeah, I, he didn't I don't remember seeing him beat anybody other than like other jobbers.
2: I remember we reviewed All-American from 86 a while ago mm-hmm. and we saw a match where it was CV versus heel 1986 bret hart and the crowd was on bret hart's yes. side and so was gorilla monsoon yeah everyone <laughs>
1: nobody liked this guy he was awful too it, it's not even just to like not liking him because he's like an imitation of snooker it was like no this guy just is not good he was good at, at wrestling
2: <laughs> yeah he's he's one of the worst workers i've ever seen right it's like if you have a really good mailman for a while right and then you get a new mailman, and he's delivering you the wrong person's or mail. The, the next day, like or late. The, or late, or dropping on the floor. Mm-hmm. You don't like him. It's not because he's not the other mailman. It's just because he's bad at his job. right?
0: Because the mail never stops. <laughs> it just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let-up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more, and you've got to get it out. And the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks, and it's published, Clearing House. <laughs> all right, all right, all right.
1: And C.V. Afi, that's why he would fall into that Death
2: Valley. It's because he's he just was bad at his job. He was bad at his job. Do we even need to volley here, or are we just putting him just in? Just get him in there. All right, so C.V. Afi, number one into Death Valley. By the way, I did hear a comment or two um, at expressing some disappointment that we have removed the die, die, die soundbite. Oh, I was wondering when that would come, actually, because I knew we had some fans of that. <laughs> don't worry about it okay maybe it'll return oh, for season four that makes me excited too you know because i know it's very fun yeah it'll die die die, 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 die. <laughs> maybe it'll come back but anyway quinn you have a pick yes um another one that immediately comes to
1: mind a man by the name of manu
2: <laughs> manu <laughs> manu now, wait which one was he again fatu Jr. Jun- no I samu jr i don't right? remember
1: who the hell he's related to he's probably related to the rock because that's the only way he would ever even get in a company
2: Okay, but Manu, what the hell with Manu? Okay, like, what I know about Manu and what I remember is he joined, like, the second version of The Legacy. Right, he was in the Randy Orton faction. Um, after the DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes version. Yeah, it
1: was when they started recruiting, like, anybody that was second generation, or third,
2: or fourth, yeah. or whatever the hell he was. And I, Manu, I think, was Samu Jr. I just want to confirm that. <laughs> I never, it's he, very rare that we look anything up on here, but he, I remember really want to know joe he was like nothing like there was just <laughs> nothing he was so bad yeah he was no you know what he was he was off junior oh sorry <laughs> oh, he was terrible he had no personality he couldn't work no. He didn't look good? No. He was he, horrible. And, and if
1: I recall, like, I feel like the last time I ever saw him ever, and this is this might be just a, a weird recollection, but I swear he was just getting beat up backstage or something and I never saw him again. <laughs> I like, think I, you're I, right. I, that's,
2: like, literally the last thing in my mind about Manu. Well, didn't Orton reform the original legacy and they beat the shit out of the new legacy? is that, that might what have it happened? was? I don't remember.
1: It was really shitty, though. And I just... He had no impact at all. I don't know why. He the, literally the only reason why he was there is because he was related to someone, and that was the angle they were running.
2: Yeah, you're you're right. Like that's it. He wasn't good. No, and he, he really wasn't. He
1: looked out of place too in his time because if I recall, he just dressed like almost like a head shrinker or something. He did. He dressed like he just had he the black, like the black like up tights. to his like knees or whatever yeah. tights,
2: barefoot. Yeah barefoot but he was was not good he was just generic and nothing yeah you know what he he's a great contender i do want to throw this out there and i'm not gonna put him in and i would hope you don't but i i know our fans if we don't talk about this guy are gonna get upset sure roman reigns i mean i was thinking about bringing him up he's not death valley material quinn i mean (sighs)
1: here's the thing yeah with roman reigns he really shouldn't be this
2: bad Oh, come on. He's not that bad. He's not. Don't look at me like that. Is he worse than Manu? I mean, okay, Joe, last Get week. Get a grip. Last
1: week, yeah. if you recall. Yes, I'm listening. Do you remember Tony Atlas, that whole thing? Yeah, I remember Tony Atlas, and that And how, how the last, the reason he was in was because he should have been better and the, and being somewhere and falling might be worse than never being anything at all. Quinn,
2: we're really going to put him in the same category as Cvafy and
1: Manu. Joe, he's the most hated figure in professional wrestling in the last like twenty years, and not because I know, like he's like a heel or something.
2: He's hated in a fashion that is like X Pac. Oh well, <laughs> I don't put him in. Fine, I mean, I can't put him in. I, I, and his career is not over. It isn't over just yet. He, unlike he's, Manu. Yeah, unlike Manu and Siviafi. Yeah. I can't put him in, but I did want to mention him so people don't think we forgot. What about... um? What was that guy in Deuce and Domino? Which one was the Samoan? <laughs> oh, Sim Snooker. Yeah, he was Jimmy Snooker's son. I I don't know if he was Deuce or Domino. Which yeah. one was
1: he? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. He was one
2: of them. Might have been Domino. I don't know. But <laughs> he was Deuce. Uh, he was. <laughs> he was Deuce. His name's Deuce. <laughs> he was in the tag team of Deuce and Domino with Cherry. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Yes, and then. As part of the Manu version of Legacy, he became Sim Snooker. Yes. Because he was the son of Jimmy Snooker. Another terrible one. Yes. He is worse than Roman Reigns, Quinn. You can't I'll give that. He, Roman can work. Now, who's worse, Manu or Sim Snooker? They're equally bad. Well, Sim Snooker did have a tag belt for a little <laughs> bit. I mean, True. kind of better, I guess. What about Prince Iakea, Um, The son of Curtis Iakea, the master.
1: Here's the thing is a lot of these islanders, like the bad ones, yeah. they're like 100% junkie. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that Prince Ikea was 100% bad because when he was Prince Ikea, he actually was kind of awesome. Like he was a good cruiserweight and okay. like he was reputable. Then the the artist formerly known as and all that crap. Stupid gimmick. Yeah. That's what took his career down the toilet. Okay. You know what? Yeah. He, he, I, I mean, if, we, if we're running,
2: if we need to fill space, he would definitely be in there. Right. He's not worse than Manu or Sim Snuka. No. He's definitely better than the two of them. I think Manu and Sim might just both need to go in, honestly, but you can keep throwing them at me if you have them. What about Rosie? Rosie was, um... Remember, he was the superhero guy? Yeah, Rosie was the other guy in Three Minute Warning, right? Yeah. (sighs) I feel bad when people die, and we like say things like that. But like, honestly, but, I mean, it's a retro podcast show. Yeah, I mean, you're right. People may perhaps be dead. Sorry. No, you're right. You're I, right. I can't argue that. Yeah, Rosie was like the opposite version of Umaga. Basically, yeah, he was not good. <laughs> yeah, just wore big shirts and sucked. As much as I hate to say it, we might have to yeah. consider him. Yeah, I still don't know though manu i mean yeah. manu <laughs> yeah. and sim snook deuce i mean yeah, his name is Deuce. yeah he dropped a deuce all right <laughs> those are the two worst i can personally think of at the moment here's one that might be controversial go ahead well there's two go ahead in this class but right. tamina and naya jacks yeah you know yeah. a lot of people have the feeling and sometimes myself that Nia Jax only has this job because she's related to The Rock in some form. I don't think she was ever good. Like, yeah. I, I know, like, there's
1: people that like the idea of, like, they want an awesome Kong replacement. is what they really want. Sure. And that's what Nia Jax provides. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine and all, but I I will say this. She's better than Tamina. Tamina she's better literally, than Tamina. Tamina literally can't work.
2: Yeah. Like, and
1: she's dangerous on top of it. Like, Tam- she's,
2: like physically like can hurt someone by accident. There there is a reason that Tamina is just not anything. She's still you know? in the company somehow, but like she just does anyone just, know that she just
1: stand no, she's like back on Raw or something. Like as of this <laughs> recording. Yes.
2: <laughs> but like I, I don't know why she's there. But Yeah. yeah. I don't know either. Tamina's worse than Nia Jax. Yeah. She is, right? Okay, so I want to put Tamina in the nomination category with Manu and Sin <laughs> So basically, anyone related to Snooka sucks. Yeah. Anyone pretending to be Jimmy Snooka sucks. But there's a lot of these rock fakers out there, too. What yeah. about Rakishi? E- no, okay, let's, I wouldn't.
1: Okay, okay, Joe, let me make a case here for Rakishi. Okay. Okay, so there's only two periods in his entire career where he's ever liked, I guess, was the butt phase. Yeah, the butt phase. And when he was in the Head Shrinkers. And even then, people weren't, like, huge fans of Fatou. No. And <laughs> let, let's let's go into his bad faces. Making a difference, Fatou? Did he make a difference? No, and that's why he's in Death Valley. <laughs> I don't know. And, wait. Okay. And also, uh, I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. That's not his fault, though. That was a book.
0: I did it for The Rock. I did
1: it for the people. Also, why the hell is he a Hall of Famer? If we're talking about him in Death Valley, because Coco Beware is a Hall of Famer, no, he's a Hall of Famer because he's related to The Rock. He is the ultimate to me of the related to The Rock privilege. Crap. Really? Yeah.
2: Fatu, because he was
1: like retroactively
2: like made great because of The Rock. No, Quinn, don't don't forget that for a period of time, and it was a short one. He was extremely over. Yeah, and, and he had a good match beloved. with Triple H, but I mean, other than that. But that's still more of an accomplishment than anything Manu, Deuce, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or any of those guys. Prince Iakea even ever did. Right. And Tamina. Yeah. So we can't put them in. Come mm. on. We're talking about Manu and Deuce. <laughs> yeah. Manu?
1: I mean, no. I Manure? I just, I just wanted... <laughs> Is a, that what that's short for? Manure, manure and poop.
2: With yeah, Deuce. really? Yeah. Can we just put them both in and get this the hell over with? Fine. Because there honestly, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, They were nothing. All right. So we're going to do a number two here. Yeah. Dropping Deuce. Yep. So there you go, CV Afi... You could have just put a fart noise for that instead. (laughs) Manu, and Deuce. Yes. Okay, that's three. What a list so far. So if we're going to talk about the final one, Aya is like, him and Rikishi are like, better. Yeah, I guess. But Rikishi's at the top, in a good way, I mean.
1: What about just like, this might be controversial, but what about just like, Afa? Or Sika? Yeah, or them. I mean... Yeah, like, what did they do that was so... So the Wild Simones were very popular, I guess, in their time. And
2: very unique, to be but fair. here's
1: the problem, is I, if I recall, I remember Afa or Sika, or maybe even both of them just lingering around in, like, the late 80s. Like, Well, no,
2: no, no, kind of. What happened, basically, is the Wild Simones in, like, 80 to 83 were feared heels, right? Right. Because it was a unique gimmick at the time. Right. The hard-headed, small-and-gimmick savages, you know, Luau Albano managed them. And, of course, everyone remembers the famous moment where Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas beat them, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. They briefly turned face. In, like, 84, they feuded with Fuji and the other idiot, Saito. uh, Saito, yes. And then awful left, Sika came back in like 87, 88. Remember he's at WrestleMania 4 in yes, the Battle Royal? Yes, this is the... This, okay, then it is Sika I'm thinking of, and yeah. he's
1: like in that Battle Royal just doing nothing. Like yeah, He was crappy. Yeah, and he always was crappy. I think they even had him fight Hulk Hogan
2: at a Saturday night's yes. main event or
1: something. He was basically a like, big why? fat Hogan
2: heel. I yeah. don't know, Quinn. <laughs> but again, to me... Him and Alpha are interchange. Do we just put the Samoans in as a tag? No, we can't. No, we can get no, no, because the Samoans as a tag team were good.
1: It's it's on their own. Yeah, but they weren't trying to be single stars. I don't know. What was the one that was the manager of the Head shrinkers? Alpha. Alpha. Does that put him in? <laughs> what about Curtis Ikea? The master. <sighs> See, uh, we're gonna get so much shit if we put the master in. Yeah, we I might mean, as well stay I, away. I mean. That master stuff's pretty bad, though. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It
2: is, and honestly, I mean, who gives a shit? But at the same time, we probably don't know enough yeah. to say one way or another. And I've heard he was a great teacher of He was a lot the master. Yeah, he was the master. And I don't like to pretend that we know more than we do. Yes. So let's just not touch him. We'll just leave him alone. We'll just leave him alone. What was the, not Haku, but the other islander? Tama? Tama. Sam Fatu. He was, um, he was... Solofa Fatu, who's the mm-hmm. Rikishi, he was his twin brother. Mm-hmm. He wasn't bad though, he was just insignificant. Yeah, he was also the Samoan savage. In, in yeah, the but well, Deuce Swat is team. insignificant, also. Yeah, deuce, I don't know. Deuce. Um, so I would say,
1: what about Tamina? I think Tamina's kind of scaling. I would this. say like, Tamina,
2: that's where I was going. crap, because
1: like, she's not good, she's had enough time. I swear she's been with this company since, like, 08 or something. Like, It hasn't been that long. It's been long, though. It's been long enough. <laughs> it's been at least five years. Yeah. At least that. And she never was good,
2: ever. She's worse than Roman Reigns, can we agree? Yeah, and she's, I'm pretty sure she's hurt people before. Like, well, even so. But she's worse than Prince Ikea Yeah. Worse than Rikishi? Yep. I don't have a problem putting Tamina in. And folks, I forgot to mention this at the top of the, the segment. We may be forgetting people. Right. Just not even thinking of them. There's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. We might not even be thinking of them. Yeah. So let us know what you think of your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Island wrestlers.
1: So Tamina,
2: is that confirmed? I I think so. I I really do. I think. I can't can't think of anyone worse than her. Not being sexist, not being anything, but she just, she's. Hey, we included male and female in this. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Endeavor here. Yeah, you're right. I think Tamina can go in. And folks, again, you might think of someone that we haven't, so let us know at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can tweet at us at podcast. You can leave a comment on our website. And in the meantime, let's put Tamina into Death Valley. So... That is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Islanders. Yes. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. We really do mean that. We try to respond to every single comment or email or or tweet that we receive. Correct. And Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing something, mate. Yes, we are. Crikey. Crikey. After this.
0: And his opponent, from the other side of the track, weighing in at 242 pounds, I'd just like to say that from now on, I'd like to be introduced by my real name. I am the son of WWE Hall of Famer, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. And my real name is Sim. Sim Snooker.
2: Nobody
1: cares!
2: Nobody cares! Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Time for our last segment. Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. This is uncharted territory actually i'd say uncharted waters for us because we we hopped the pond for this one yeah we got in our sailing ship and (laughs) went over and uh invaded britain i guess it was nice because you wore your gilligan hat yeah they're like why aren't you wearing a (laughs) tricorder great joke quinn yeah um so history humor (laughs) yes very very well done so what we're (laughs) what we're reviewing here <clears throat> okay. World of sport wrestling. Now, I mm. need to explain this because this is a little complicated, the way we we did this, and Quinn and I had to learn stuff. We hate doing research, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, I, I people mean, in the, our UK
1: listeners are going to be like, how did you not know this, mate? Yeah, but, exactly. Like, we're going to be like,
2: we're, this is like, we have no clue Like with this. So. They're going to throw their crumpets at us yeah. for not knowing this. But what we're reviewing today, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. I'm not saying where, Yeah, just look this up if you want to see it. Right, it's around. World of Sport Wrestling number 53. What that 53 means, I can't tell you. We don't quite know. Here's what we do know. World of Sports was a show that aired in the UK from 1965 right. until 1985. Now, That's a long time. It's a very long time. It was like a four and a half or five hour show on yes. ITV. I guess what it's the equivalent to the wide world of sports that ABC used to put on in Correct. the seventies and eighties. That's that's absolutely right. So you had a variety of sports showcased on this very long program. Yeah, one of those quote unquote sports was professional wrestling. Oh, I I consider it a sport. So Vince McMahon doesn't. Yeah. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. And one of the notable feuds was the UK's own Big Daddy mm. versus the UK's own Giant Haystacks, also known, of course, as Loch Ness. Yes, from the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> yes. One of the master's many uh, Yeah, cronies. Things. Yeah, cronies <laughs> to fight Hulk Hogan. Ugh. But anyway, what we got into here was something Quinn and I had never, ever seen before. And that's refreshing sometimes, Quinn, because we did Superstars last week. We have seen all kinds of crap from that era. Yes. We know that era inside out. You know, we've seen yeah. stuff from WCW that we know really well mm-hmm. and a bunch of stuff, but this is uncharted and I'm very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> reviewing it was this. so uncharted that
1: we had to ask friends across the pond
2: like what yeah. like, when was this? Like we we still can't like really figure it out. In fact, from what I understand, it's a composite of a few different years, you know, just mm. different segments here and there. Which we didn't know when we were watching this. No, we didn't. So we want to thank the Midnight Rider for providing us with this information. Yes. Not with the video. Right. For the record. But anyway, Quinn, let's get to the show here. So this is British. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's number very, one. Very British. And we're not. No shit.
0: Sherlock.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Although they do use the same colors in their flag. They do. There's a lot of it
2: looks like it could be United States stuff. Especially in the intro. It's like a very patriotic sounding intro. And Big Daddy, of course, is in the intro. What I didn't get is why is
1: there stars? Like, there's no stars on the British flag. Like, aren't there? No. What's a it, British flag? The Union like? Jack. There's stars on that. No, there isn't. Okay. There isn't. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. I believe you.
2: It's red, white, and blue, but there's no stars. Anyway, when you asked me, why are they showing Hulk Hogan in the intro? They
1: definitely showed Hulk Hogan like in the white like trunks from like... 85? Yeah, from like Saturday's event or something. <laughs> why? I don't know. Capitalizing. I, I like this note. I, I'm sorry to rip it off, but it said it reminded you of Major Dad. Remember that
2: show? <laughs> yes. Remember the intro to that yeah, show? Yeah, it was a lot like that. <laughs> so then our first match, we go right... To it mm-hmm. is Wild Angus, yeah, <laughs> yeah Wild what? Wild Burger Angus versus I
1: have no idea what was it, Honey Boy Zumba Honey Pie. I thought it was like Wild Honey Pie because of like the Beatles song <laughs> on the way. Although like, well, it's British, so you
2: know. <laughs> honey pie, honey pie. It was uh, it was Honey Boy Zumba actually. Okay, <laughs> and the ref had a big purple shirt with what we think is his name on the back, Max, Max Ward. Or Mc, Max Ward. I don't
1: remember. But that could have been an advertisement based <laughs> off stuff we saw later. I'm
2: not that sure. That could be like a sneaker company. Yeah, it could Black be like a, a local shoe store. I don't know. <laughs> and he had a big purple shirt with painted on suspenders or yes, something. Yes, like, but only on
1: the front. Just like two lines, red lines going up the side of his shirt. And I noted the announcer song that they're falling asleep.
2: Quinn, you said it was like golf commentary. Yeah, I
1: felt like I was watching someone putt (laughs) like in the
2: Masters or something. Wild Angus with his long hair and his beard often tempting for his opponent. Anyway, the ring looks like it's made by Hasbro.
1: Yeah, it looks like a toy ring. Maybe Gloob. Although I did respect the, um, they had the Japanese style turnbuckle Mm -hmm. pads. That wasn't that bad. They do, that's true. But seriously, what's with this purple shirt?
2: Yes. <laughs> this ref. It's, it's very loud. It's very bothering
1: but me. But it's very official, too, because it has, like, the logo of the company or whatever this is on the corner. It does. It's just Barney the Dinosaur color. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
2: very purple. It's very purple. So the announcer says, it's wise to do what the referee says.
0: Knowing that it's, realizing that it's wise to do what the referee says...
1: Yeah, no shit. Like, that's (laughs) wrestling. You don't want to get disqualified. And I think I see Margaret Thatcher in the front row. And I just said to you, no, that's how all old British women look. They have the, like, (laughs) puffy hair. Like, I mean, I know that your grandma yeah my grandma grandma so, like that's just that's just an old british woman thing okay I, fine fine yeah. i thought it was margaret thatcher it's excuse not margaret me. thatcher
2: sorry sorry to burst your bubble i'm very very the, the p.m sorry. in the crowd <laughs> piper for p.m yeah piper for p.m the crowd sounds like it's studying for a final yeah
1: it's super quiet it's like so quiet very quiet And
2: i like i don't know what to make of this so far this is brutal so far yeah. this match we're three minutes into the match and it's just leaning on each other. These two guys, Angus and Honey. Yeah,
1: and I say to you, like, is this what the UK dealt with? Like, no wonder they love WWF so much. <laughs> right. Like, Actual, actual like, stars. Yeah, like, for 20 years since 1965,
2: watching people lean on each other. <laughs> and golf commentary yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and Margaret Thatcher in the crowd. Wild Angus looks like Dutch Mantel, like yeah. a ripoff of Dutch Mantel, and he sounds like the number six at Burger King in 04. <laughs> I know!
1: Yeah, or like the McDonald's Angus yeah. Burger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And, Quinn, you said to me, you didn't know if you could make it through this match. Why are the commentators whispering? Yes. I, I Joe, I seriously thought
1: we were going to have to, like, turn this off. Like, like four minutes in. I was like, like, I didn't even know what to say to you.
2: Like, I was just like, what is happening Why here? are we watching guys lean on each other? And by the way, folks, if you don't know who Wild Angus is... And Honey Boy Zimba are we didn't either. If yeah. you do, like, really good for you. But if, if you're a you super fan of all yeah. wrestling, Wild Angus seriously was probably about fifty something years old here, and so was the other guy, baby. Yeah, and they were old. Wild Angus, I mean it when I say he looked like a Dutch Mantel
1: ripoff. Yes, he looked like Dutch Mantel. And it's weird because I felt like they were treating Zimba
2: like he was a youngster, but he looked like he looked he old. He looked like he
1: was fifty six. <laughs> yeah, like, he looked
2: old also. Yeah. So this was great, Angus falls over after body slamming wild honey pie or whatever yeah and the crowd <laughs> applauds a clean break so they do react to something yes this this is where uh, it starts to get a little interesting whisper number one the commentator yeah. calls a wrist lock a stranglehold. Well, was there are
1: even two people in commentary they're both if, if there's two <laughs> they were both whispering and they sound exactly the same what are you talking
2: about yeah
1: yeah, it's wrestling. You're, you're
2: this right, ex- it's, it's hard to tell. It's exciting. It's very exciting. But he calls a wrist lock a stranglehold. Yeah. You know, it's a gorilla monsoon. <laughs> would at least be happy He would that he didn't call it a wristwatch. Yes. Because you Don't need, call it a wristwatch. You need to know that, that's not what he said. You need to know the difference. So then <laughs> the dinner bell rings to end round one. And it, then I say, oh god, there's rounds. Yeah, it's British, remember?
1: Remember I the AWF? D- so, <laughs> clearly here we are ultra confused on what
2: the rules of this are. Because they don't explain them, they just assume that you're... Well, they assume we've been watching since 1965, Here's the so... the thing, they don't expect when they made this <laughs> that two asshole Americans... We'll watch it on the internet. For their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so like, they didn't need to explain the rules. Right, exactly. It'd be like if every Seinfeld episode, they like came on camera and was like, Kramer is the wacky neighbor. Right, they just have to like have a preface beforehand. <laughs> yeah. But this is the water break. right? Yeah, here. they take a water break. They take a nice water Very break. Very nice. Yeah. Round two begins, and we are eight minutes in. And the most exciting thing so far has been the round change itself. Yes, I that was the only thing where I was like oh something
1: (laughs) yeah water like (laughs) like, literally nothing's happening and we're hearing like heavy breathing like it's so quiet that you can hear the breathing (sighs) Yeah. yeah
2: Big chop by Angus and a war dance then by Honey Boy. He's doing the one step. Not the two step. Not the two step. He just keeps, he's like tapping like one of his toes. Uh, So Angus hits him with a kick to the sirloin. (laughs) Snap mare. I'm noting the moves because there's nothing else to talk about. We usually don't do moves.
1: Yes, we usually don't do moves, but yeah. There's there's, nothing to say. Nothing's happening here. The commentators aren't helping. They're not even saying, they're not calling anything. Barely. Yeah. Barely.
2: Oh, there you go, Alan right
1: yeah someone in the crowd coughs and everyone just gets quiet like hey there's wrestling that was weird right they're like
2: everyone's like oh
1: yeah i know (laughs) i also know here i said this is the worst wrestling we finally found it worse than
2: anything we've reviewed right i mean this was awful yeah this is really 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 bad so we get more absolute silence from the crowd until until Angus fouls, honey. He, like, kicks him in the balls. (laughs) This was good. And then the ref publicly reprimands Angus or something. Quinn, can you elaborate on that? So
1: the ref, like, reprimands him, right? But then all of a sudden the like ring announcer gets on the mic and is like the rough is publicly reprimanding for lewd content or something <laughs> I don't know what he says but basically they have to like announce that he's giving him like a slap like an anno- uh, admonishment Was yeah. that how you say it
2: admonishment. admonishment he's like publicly censuring him yeah it's you know? like what is this the senate <laughs> like,
1: like it's so Seriously. confusing
2: Was he gonna impeach him next you yeah. know I'm surprised they didn't make him wear a dunce cap in the corner well if you get disqualified that's an impeachment in England so
0: <laughs>
2: so the dinner bell then ends round two the reason i'm saying the dinner bell because it's just like a dangly little bell yeah, it's, it's not a ring bell it's like it's like when you go to a hotel yeah. and you ring for service like but it's like ding, ding, yeah, yeah it's like not a ring bell yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Angus wipes his face with a really dirty beach towel. <laughs> yeah, it's like a multicolored beach towel. Like, it's not even just a white towel. Ugh, weird. And round three starts, and Honey comes out of the gate swinging. Yep. And Angus fires back with an open hand. The commentator says, that's okay. It's yeah, that's open hand. okay. Open hand. open hand. At least the rules apply here. There's no yeah. weirdness there. So finally, a double underhook suplex gets the win for yeah. Angus. Pins him. Yeah. But this was weird. <laughs> the ref. He doesn't yeah. count with the pin like on the mat.
1: Like- he's just standing up and he goes, one, two, three, like he's like an ump or something.
2: Now, if you remember, Quinn, when we watched UWF, yes, we had the lightest three counts. Remember? Yeah, it was the...
1: This tops that! <laughs> yeah, you didn't even hear. I did the count. That yeah. was the UWF count. This
2: guy just says the numbers. <laughs> yes, he, d- he doesn't even get
1: on the ground.
2: He's not bothering
1: with any of that. He's he's like, the- it's, like- it's like the laziest refing you could think
2: of. One, two three basically yeah this guy wins so then the ring announcer gets in he <laughs> looks like orville Redenbacher, yes. by the way and then he announces that angus wait a second wait, wait. yeah round four yeah what is it what oh my uh, god yeah I, more of this i i think he pinned him i don't why does there need to be more he beat him he pinned with him with an underhook suplex oh my god round four begins and honey gets a pin with a flying body press 45 seconds into round four and then, of course, ring announcer comes in, and then I'm like, "Wait, do you have to win
1: two rounds like Street Fighter
2: or <laughs> something here?" England. Yeah, apparently you do because we go to round five. Seriously, round, round five
1: five on like a TV show. Oh my god! I always say there shouldn't be rounds like at all, mm-hmm. like on TV. Only if you were doing something special. So I guess essentially the rules here is it's like two out of three falls, essentially. Basically, right? Like so that's, that's
2: what this is. There were no falls the first two rounds. Right. Now there's a maximum Angus of six. They say. Six, I think yeah. they do say that. They do. So Angus with a punch and then a European uppercut, which I guess you just call a normal uppercut. It's just a regular uppercut <laughs> here in Europe.
1: And I and now at
2: this point, I, I say to you, I have to admit, I'm moderately intrigued. You were, and as you say that, Honey Boo Boo here pulls Angus's beard to counter the Irish whip. That was kind of good. Shouldn't it be an English whip? Well.
1: Uh, they don't like the irish so i guess it northern irish whip (laughs) maybe that makes them angus a heel
2: maybe yeah oh he's scottish yeah so that doesn't matter he's not a scottish whip right anyway One step again, Quinn, (laughs) by Honey, but he misses a flying headbutt and he falls out of the ring. So we get a body slam by Angus. Wow, a power move. Holy crap. A body slam. I'm surprised he didn't pin him with that. He throws that guy out again. He throws Honeygrams out again. Yeah. Then an overhead backbreaker gets a submission for Angus. Whoa. Please be it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was the win. Now, I like the ring announcer.
0: In the and the one is the world
2: and I like that he comes back in every single round break. Right. to to give us the update. He's very here. official yeah. here. Angus cuts a promo that I cannot understand because I don't speak British. Yeah, I literally have no idea what he said. Yeah, or Scottish, yeah. whatever the hell this guy is. <laughs> So that was very interesting, Quinn. That match, yes. Our first match, starting to get intriguing. I'd say a little intriguing. Apparently, according to our inside source, the Midnight Rider. Mm -hmm. This was from like 1980 or something. This match. This is a very old match. match? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get our next match here. Greg Valentine, <laughs> not that one. Yeah, some other guy. He looks like
1: Zack Sabre Jr. That, dressed that as rest. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's, I swear, yeah, he, he lo- has like a Sergeant Pepper yeah. jacket. Yep.
1: Here's Greg Valentine, a farmer's boy from Millbank, West
0: Yorkshire.
2: A great favorite, as you can see and hear. Versus it, El Diablo. And he looks like Mil Muertes from uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah. Hey, devil, you know, thousand deaths. Yeah, very similar, similar. concept here. <gasps> now, we're at a different arena here. We didn't know this at the time, but this is a different... This is from, like... Later in the 80s. Yeah, this is not even the same time. It looks a lot cleaner. It's more exciting. Yeah. Different arena. Ring announcer is much better. You G- can understand the Glittery them. red and blue coat. Very glittery. Yeah. This match is scheduled for no falls. Okay.
1: <laughs> what? Now okay, this now, made us listen. Yeah, now this, now all of a sudden this
2: show. There's what? no falls? Yeah. The only way to win is to knock your opponent down ten times. What? i've never heard of this i've I've never heard of this although i actually this is a great match type this is awesome (laughs) the ref has i noticed this quinn all black outfit with a white bow tie very dapper (laughs) yeah the dapperest much better than the purple shirt fake suspenders thing way better i guess that's because this
1: is later and they realized
2: we don't need purple shirts crowd chance we want greg and we're confused because Greg Valentine? Who wants Greg Valentine? Yeah. Either version. Yeah. This is not Greg Valentine. We mean yeah, this. Zach Saber Valentine. Yeah, whatever. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. So we get two quick knockdowns by Diablo to start. Yeah. Valentine does a cartwheel, and guess what? That, that yes. counts as a
1: knockdown. Unbelievable. Quinn. Yeah. So now Diablo's got like a 4-0 lead. Like gets straight another off the one, bat. 4-0? Yeah. yeah. And then a backdrop makes it five nothing. As an on-screen graphic helpfully points that out, that was nice of them. And then, okay, this was kind of interesting. Valentine just makes this like quick comeback, really and, quick. And I swear it's just out of nowhere. It's six to five, Valentine. Like it's he's amazing. Yeah.
0: Valentine, one point.
1: Five one to Diablo.
0: Valentine, two points. Five two to Diablo. Yeah. Five three. That's Valentine, better, great. three. Point. Points. Four points now to Red Valentine five each now five each six to Greg
2: He's overtaking
0: him after being five down. Not
2: bad. Just boom, boom, boom. Knockdown, knockdown. Six-five. Yeah. Valentine. Yeah. And Quinn, you said to me you love how the ring announcer sounds right. like an auctioneer. It's
1: like ah, oh, one fall there, and uh, it's four to three. Yep. Blah blah blah.
2: Like yeah, you know what it's I mean? Awesome. Like yeah, oh, Five, 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 five. We're tied. You know, six-five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Then it's seven-five as the announcer
1: gets really excited. Oh yeah, and the fans are going nuts. This like is it, awesome. And the, as the auctioneer is just like, oh, and it's seven to five now. And and then a big body slam gets another one for Valentine's. So now it's
0: 8-5. Postings won't help him. Yes. That might go nicely. Valentine's
2: 8 points. Yes. And then an elbow knocks him down. It's 9-5 Valentine. Holy crap. And then a big clothesline gets the win for Greg Valentine. 10-5. to five. Not, not that not, one. Not that not Greg him. Valentine. Yeah. Not the hammer. Then a bunch of kids rushed to like ringside to like, yeah. shake his what hand. What is he, Bob backlin Oh, God. Yeah. That was awesome. That cool. was what would you think of that? freaking amazing. That Amazing. was so fun. Holy, this show took a turn, Joe. After like round five, after round four or five of the opening match, yeah. this became very interesting here. Yeah. And then the best part is we clipped to another match. Yes. Back to like the early 80s again. I think it might be the same arena as earlier. It's not yeah, the same taping. it looks taping. like it might have been similarly uh, some same time-ish and this is scheduled for six five-minute rounds
1: so at least they tell us that this time so they tell us this and now all of a sudden like we're hyped after that thing and we kind of liked how the other one ended and like we're like now excited for like a six-round fight like like, we're like oh oh, hell yeah
2: this is serious yeah and it is serious quinn because it's the world lightweight champion johnny saint versus the challenger Bob Anthony. Yeah, I think I've heard of Johnny Saint before. Yeah, I swear, like you probably I, have. I, I, I want to say
1: something with NXT. Seriously, like no, he was, maybe. M- or maybe he was mentioned on that UK thing. Possibly. I, heard, yeah, I've, there you go. I've heard him talked about before, but well, I've never seen him in in action.
2: No, I hadn't either. Yeah. We're back to the quiet crowd style again, and the purple shirt ref. He's not wearing a purple Max, shirt this time. Max Ward is yeah. back. The announcer, a better announcer than the whispery guy from earlier, right. welcomes us to another wrestling session.
0: Hello again, Grapple fans. Good afternoon to you, and welcome to the Assembly Hall Waltham Walthamstow for another professional wrestling session.
1: Yes. That's a so session. classy. Very like, classy. Yeah, I... And this is where I start to feel like I feel like I'm watching like a wrestling club or something like like almost like it's soccer or like uh, like rugby, rugby or like something very exclusive, something exclusive. And, you know, these are like the best guys and they've been admitted to the club and like we're going to watch them fight. Exactly, you know. Neither man though has knee pads, but who needs knee pads when These you're doing very, this? These are very like Rick Martell looking people. Tony like, Garea, Rick Martell yeah. come to mind. It's almost like Tony Garea fought Rick Martel. because Johnny Saint has that sailor tattoo.
2: <laughs> yeah the crowd is dead silent during all the chain wrestling only interrupting with respectful applause so Quinn you said it's like a J- Japanese crowd it's an English Japanese crowd yeah it's very very respectful very, it's not that they're silent because yeah. they don't care
1: no they're like paying attention and like they actually go on the audience and like nobody's not looking at the
2: ring yeah they're all watching yeah it's not like they're looking at their phones you know why yeah because they didn't have phones right they didn't so. 1980 they, they came here to be entertained not they, entertained by
1: their phones exactly
2: so anyway wristlocks abound and, and lots of reversals and i tell
1: you that this reminds me of bowling on espn for some. like what do you mean by that because do you remember like in tug of wars on espn and stuff like it's just that weird feeling of like i'm getting to see something different and unique sure you know what i mean and like they they used to do that a lot
2: on like cable like with, they did with like, like random sports stuff especially on espn yeah too. definitely and do you think that the people that watch the entire world of sports felt that way when the wrestling came on. Well, actually I got the feeling, even though
1: that this is only a portion of the show, Mm -hmm. I, I got the feeling that like this was on, on what was like a Saturday or Sunday. I think I don't remember. So you sat down with your pint of beer mm-hmm. and you said, I'm going to watch sports for the afternoon. And you like you said, it was on till from we. I think we looked it up. It's on like till like noon to four.
2: Yeah. And then you have your dinner. Yeah. You have like, your dinner. like, yeah, you, you spent the afternoon watching sports. So do you have tea during this?
1: Yeah, well, tea time, what is that? I mean, UK people have to tell me. I don't know what the official tea time is, but yeah, I, don't know. I thought it was like noon or something. I don't but... know when it is.
2: Anyway, I like this match, too, because it's
1: presented as a real sport. This was an awesome match because it was super technical. Very
2: like, technical. It was all about escapes. That was like the story of the match. It was. Yeah. No man really gets the upper hand as we head to round two. Some leg work by Saint to open it up. Quinn, you said to me, we should have a spot of tea while reviewing this. We should. I mean, (laughs) I I wish this
1: Coke here was, you know, some Lipton's or something or whatever. Lipton. Lipton's. Sorry.
2: Anthony gets lured into breaking a hold. (laughs) Like like Saint tries, he like feeds him his arm so he breaks the hold, remember? Yeah. The announcer chuckles, the crowd claps, it's all very classy.
1: Yeah, and that was actually a really cool escape because he lured him into thinking his arm was cupped around his leg but it wasn't it was like, it's it
2: it cool very clever yeah this is like watching a, a talented magician on the ed sullivan yeah. show yeah. you know like everyone's like yes
1: yeah very no, good it just it seems unlike a lot of wrestling nowadays it seems like an attraction it right? does it's like i'm watching an attraction here and i'm, I'm being
2: entertained absolutely like i'm watching a magician at work yeah no this was great yeah. then Saint tries to counter a body scissors by making Anthony fall on his back, but Anthony hangs on, so Saint wiggles out. Right. The announcer chuckles, and the yeah. crowd claps. Yes. Very nice little pattern here. Just a good good sequence all around. Great sequence. wrist lock takedown by Saint into a head scissors. Anthony tries to leverage out and finally does. The crowd claps. Saint with a double underhook face yeah. into a double arm ringer. Anthony wiggles around and escapes. It,
1: now it's getting dramatic. It's like it's tit for tat here. It's, it's There's a lot of tit, yeah. a lot of tat.
2: Yeah. Single leg takedown by Anthony, and the round ends. Round three begins. So now we've gone two rounds, and these guys can't get... Nobody can no seem upper to hand. get control here. Nope, no points yet, nothing, yep. no falls. Rather begins with a headlock takedown by Saints, some back-and-forth mat work, and then Saint traps him in a Rana pin to win round three. Yep. So we get pinfall, finally. By the champ. By the champ, Johnny Saint. Very, very,
1: very good work here. I very am, good. And, I mean, at this point, I'm like... I wish I knew about this
2: because yeah. this is awesome this is awesome yeah ring announcer Fred Downs asked for a nice round of applause yes, for Johnny that, Saint that was great where the Orville Redenbacher dude comes <laughs> yeah. in and
1: he's like and give a great round of applause for the <laughs> champion and they're, they're like shaking hands with each other like the two combatants are shaking hands with each other like after every round yeah yeah too, like,
2: very respectful yeah. We get to start around four, and we get a figure four arm lock by Bob Anthony. Yeah, S- the rare. Very rare. Saint escapes, and they both go to a standing position. Saint with an armbar takedown. And I'm like, this is compelling. It is compelling. I want to know who wins. I want to know how this goes. This is very interesting here. Yeah. So we get back to a vertical base and some more back and forth action until Anthony gets a pin. Anthony gets a pin. Yes. On the surprisingly.
1: Ch- yeah. So you don't like on a regular show where we're from, mm-hmm. you know, nobody gets a pin on the champion
2: on superstars no! or some crap. So that ends round four and we're tied 1-1. So now we've got a deadlock here. Here we go. This is it. Round five begins with a takedown by Saint. they got two rounds left. That's right. Five and six. Yeah. Yeah. Takedown by Saint into a chin lock. Anthony reverses standing position, Saint with a takedown and a lateral press attempt for one. Mm. It's really heating up here. It's yeah. getting very, very, very interesting. Very very interesting. This has been a well wrestled match. To give you an idea, folks, these are lighter guys. Obviously, this is for the world lightweight championship. Yeah, they're thinner
1: guys, but they can escape. That's kind of the special. That's like the the angle here, right? Is that they're yeah. smaller, so they they're can escape. Wiry. Yeah, they can escape holds. They wiggle. They and flip. it flip. Now it makes sense why they aren't wearing knee pads. Why? Because they'll get in the way when you're trying to escape. They'll, you know, cause friction. Bulk. A, yeah, bulk. The bulk. You, you of don't the want knee pad. no bulk. You don't want no bulk. These guys are
2: in speedos. They want to be able to get the hell out of these holes. That's true. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. So as this match goes on, we get an arm ringer by Saint. He breaks it. Anthony with an arm ringer. takedown of his own. Anthony tries the bridge mm. pin again. Saint blocks it. Gets him down. Anthony reverses yeah. Saint with an Irish whip into a roll up for the pin. <laughs>
1: You win. Holy crap. That was super
2: exciting. That was awesome. Yeah. We are not being sarcastic. And this is awesome. The announcer
1: comes out and he calls for a night. He's this is specifically he says, let's have a nice round of
2: applause for both men. Shake hands. Winner and still champion. Johnny Saint. End of show. End of show. That took a turn. Holy crap, it took a turn. This was awesome.
1: We thought we were going to stumble on like fat Loch Ness and like fat Big Daddy stumbling around and botches and nonsense. Right. What we stumble into is a really compelling program and I can understand why they're trying to bring it back now. And I think the WWE thwarted it, but well, you know them. Yeah. (laughs) But, but still I can see why there's even a demand for it. If, if you watch this,
2: you know, growing up or whatever, this is kind of cool. This was awesome. Yeah. For a fan of sports in the UK in the 60s, 70s or 80s, this must've been something that you really looked forward to. We wouldn't know. We, we didn't have this. It seems like it was a treat. It seems like it was a real treat. Yeah. Exactly. Because you got to watch all different stuff. It was a variety show of sports essentially. Yeah. Capped off by this wrestling segment late in the program. Yeah. Where you get to watch guys flip around and do all these things and it, it's a spectator sport. Right.
1: And then even after that we read that we looked um like then you get to see all the scores of all the soccer games that sure. were that day. Like there was like an ESPN like for the last 15 minutes like after right after this was over. Right, like a yeah. breakdown of everything, yeah. Yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, guess what, folks? We really like
1: this. I can't. We, usually, we like find some really bad crap, but like and we, we tried to. We <laughs> tried. We really thought we were going to get some junk here. Like, but we're being fair. Like, yeah. And I like when something takes a turn like this, it's actually really enjoyable. And I feel like I discovered like a new thing. Like, I'm like, I know a lot about wrestling. You know a lot about wrestling. Mm-hmm. But doesn't this feel like a whole totally different world that's yes. like opened up to us and like, hey, you know, maybe I'll throw out a world of sport. Absolutely. Every, every, and see what that's like.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. This was something I did not expect to be good. Yes. Whatsoever. And folks, here's the thing. If you know about this, let us know what you know because we really don't know much.
1: Right. And, and we're I, not afraid to admit that. And is there any chronological way we can watch this or, you know what I mean? Like, Right. From, or, what,
2: from what we understand from our source on the other side of the pond, yeah. this video that we found on the interwebs yeah, was from 2008. So it was maybe like uh, maybe they re-ran it in the UK for a while. It because seems like they compiled some stuff. Yeah, because if it's called World of Sport Wrestling number 53... Obviously, the show started in 1965. Right, I thought we were watching like the second year of this right. or something. Like, so maybe they reran a like a package of it for a while yeah. in the in the late 2000s. Maybe it's Fifty-three of those packages. That's what I'm thinking. So it's cobbled together. Yeah, but nevertheless, this the, was a great sampling. The of, footage was in good shape too. By was. the way, yeah, it was very different than American wrestling. It was very different. Look, we've reviewed some disparate styles, right? Like we've reviewed WWF from the 70s. Right. WWF from the 80s and 90s nwa wcw right yes Nawa. yeah awa secrets of wrestling (laughs) secrets of wrestling tag team the show yeah awf right uwf yeah memphis japan japan yeah
1: this is nothing like any of that no it's completely different it's a completely separate thing that you're not going to find anywhere I, I highly recommend it. Honestly,
2: check out one of them.
1: Yeah, they're they're interesting, and it it is an acquired taste. Like like you saw how we reviewed it on purpose. We didn't want to just crap on it or praise it immediately. We wanted right. to give you guys what we felt, what we felt going through it, and that was the joy of it. Was the joy of it was like not really understanding what was going on at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then slowly like. It just panning out into like a great thing. And honestly, that's how these matches, these round style matches seem to have been done. And it's no surprise to me that a guy like William Regal, who was, like, doing this kind Mm -hmm. of thing for years over in Europe, came over to America, and one of the things he was known for was psychology, because he had just years and years of experience, like, having to build a matchup from round one to round six, you know? Absolutely. Like, and it makes sense. It, like, actually puts some puzzle pieces in my life
2: together about, like, British wrestling. Well, there you go. So we hope you UK fans enjoyed that. You know, we hope all of our fans enjoyed that, obviously. Yeah. But what we want to know is what the hell do you know about this? Yeah. And what is your Mount Rushmore in Death Valley? If you have any suggestions for future ones, let us know. Yeah. Do you want us to deep dive into anything? We will. We'll try. We'll do our best. We'll do it. We, we don't will care. We'll do it. So you can reach us, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast you can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Of course, there's the Facebook group at our website, ovppodcast.com. You can find us on various things and leave us an iTunes review, Quinn. Yeah, we always want those iTunes reviews. Just get it out there and write what you think. Write what you think. So folks, have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of the spring because by the time we get to you next week on the 26th, it will be summer, and we will be talking to you about the world of retro wrestling. So until next time, have a great day. See ya. See ya. This week we would like to welcome
0: a new sponsor, the makers of Left Guard Sports Stick and Sports Spray. Left Guard is the choice of dignified gentlemen like Fatu and Sioni of the Hedgehogers. Offensive odoriferous emanations can be embarrassing for even the most civilized. For the elimination of the emanation, the solution is a sports spray. I admit. When sports spray is inconvenient, there's a sports stick. Gentlemen, no, you left guard sports stick not only has the great smell and long lasting deodorant protection of left guard sports spray, but it also has. A... Just a moment, stop that! Put that down. That's a deodorant, not a mouthwash. These chaps aren't at all civilized, you know. Oh my gosh! They were supposed to be civilized, I was told that. This is disgraceful. Stop it immediately. Well, left guard is a deodorant, not a snack food, folks. And it only goes to show that you can take the head stringers out of the jungle. Why you stop that?